Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the aquatic man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater, including cichlids, catfish, oddballs, flacos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex.
Alex, I have a question for you. Sure. Have you ever battled ick? And if so, what did you do to cure it? Yes, I've actually battled ick just recently. Um, believe it or not, a couple weeks ago I had a battle ick with my two juvenile Oscars and my Severum. And um, I was actually quite worried because they were totally covered in ick, and I didn't know what to do. And I followed the old method of salt and heating my water, but I found that not to work because as soon as I used salt and heated water, it still kept coming back. So I went to my fish store, and I spoke to the employee who knows fresh water. He's been keeping fresh water fish since 1972. And he told me about a ick medicine that would cure ick in about a week. So I said, I'll try it. And the product was called Cordon Rid Ick Plus, and it was costly with about $6 for an 8-ounce bottle. But true to his words, it worked. My ick was cured in about a week, and my Oscars and my seven are now healthy again, eating properly and loving life. So I used um, Cordon Rid Ick Plus to cure my ick. And it worked wonders. So, William, did you ever battle ick and when? What did you do for your ick? Well, Alex, I had ick only one time, years ago in Keys, Marathon Key, Florida. And at that time, I had guppies. And I used the old school method, which I will talk about later on in the show as we get into the show. But I did use the old method, and most of you out there, if you've ever dealt with it, know what the old method is. And now in the Keys, the weather is usually pretty warm anyways, and uh, I did have to put a heater in the tank. But I'll discuss all that at some point in the future. And the process will be discussed in my segment of the show. Awesome. Sounds great. So, William... Can you start us off discussing what ick is? Sure, I'll be glad to. Uh, you know, ick is a common parasite which most aquarists eventually encounter. Uh, even if you follow quarantine procedures, you may at some point acquire an infected fish, which should be treated before being introduced into your main aquarium. The good news is that if handled correctly, this disease can be easily and permanently eliminated. So what is it? Well, it is known, uh, it is the largest known ciliated protozoan found on fishes. It appears on the fins and, and tiny white dots resembling grains of salt, hence the other nickname, white spot disease. These white spots may join together to form white patches. Other signs of infestation can include excessive flashing, which is rubbing against the substrate or the decorations within your aquarium. They may have labored breathing, uh, clamped fins, loss of appetite, lethargic, or... Uh, they, and they may also have both of these, uh, including lethargic and or reclusive behavior, and uh, hovering near filter returns. Now, keep in mind, however, that all these symptoms are common with fish in distress. 
and do not point directly to it. As a matter of fact, flashing often occurs at the routine water changes due to simply a fluctuation in general hardness. Alex, can you tell us the life stages of ick? Sure thing, William. Now, ick has three life stages, which are important to understand for proper diagnosis and treatment. Now, while the parasite is visible to the naked eye, it is a nearly fully developed trophant, which has buried burrowed under the fish's mucus coating where it is protected from chemicals, which is medication. It has likely been feeding on the body fluid of the fish for several days and has swelled to many times its original size. At common aquarium temperatures of 75 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit, this feeding stage lasts only a few days, at which point the fully developed cyst drops off the fish as a tumult. The tumint may swim for several hours before settling on and attaching to the substrate, a plant, or some other surface. During that time, it is susceptible to chemicals and medication will be effective. Once attached, it begins its reproductive stage. It insists and begins rapidly dividing. At this point, it is again immune to chemicals. Within a few days, hundreds of new organisms burst from the cyst, sprout cilia, and start swimming in search of a host. These are now referred to as cerements or swammers, and they must find a host within a few days or they will die. For this reason, we know that even an aquarium heavily infested with sick would be clean and safe for new fish after only a week or two without fish in the tank. Medication is effective at this stage. Once the cement attaches to a host and burrows in, it is referred to as a trough hand, uh, and the cycle begins again. Unfortunately, with each cycle, the new number of organisms in the tank increases dramatically. Left untreated, ick is almost certainly fatal. Infected fish are weakened by the ever-growing number of parasites feeding on them. Secondary bacteria and fungi attack more easily. Truffins on the gills eventually restrict oxygen flow and respiration is hindered. The ailing fish will ultimately succumb either to the infected itself or a secondary condition. Hence why I said it's very important to catch ick as early as you can or you're going to lose your beloved fish. What are your thoughts on this, William? Well, I actually, uh, I was considering the fact that, you know, it's very amazing uh, how this protozoan can actually put itself in a position to be protected from chemical annihilation by burrowing under the fish's mucus coating. However, we will get this bugger at some point uh, in the treatment. Now, that's my thoughts on the trophon stage. And, uh, you know, if all of the parasites are not killed during the tomont phase and the survivors make it to the substrate, they again become protected from chemical annihilation. And then when the cyst bursts, it again searches for a host 
to annihilate the fish. So what comes next? Well, this is the time when we really have to eradicate these protozoan parasites or the infestation will start all over again. This is one tough cookie of a parasite. So where do we go from here? These are my thoughts. Yeah. William, please tell us how to prevent getting it. Well, how do I prevent it? Well, I'll start by saying this. It is commonly held belief that the ick organism is always present in our aquarium and needs only the right opportunity, such as stress, resulting in a weakened immune function to attack your fish. Surprisingly, I found no scientific data to support that claim. Credible sources state that there is no long-term dormant stage this parasite can exist in. While its life cycle is longer at low temperatures, of course, like that of an outdoor pond in a cooler climate, at average home aquarium temperatures, this parasite would likely complete a life cycle in less than a week. Considering that a single organism produces hundreds, if not thousands, of offspring, the logical question should be, where would they all go? What are your thoughts on this, Alex? I agree with you on that. I don't know where they would all go if the life cycle didn't um, complete. Well, Alex, did you know that Dr. Peter Burgess, writing for Practical Fishkeeper Magazine, who also co-authored the book entitled A to Z of Tropical Fish Diseases and Health Problems, refers to the dormant concept as rubbish. What do you think about that strong little quote? I agree with it. Definitely is considered to be rubbish because it is a... A devastating disease if it's untreated, so I agree with that. The proliferation of this myth could be due to the fact that it is possible for a strong, healthy fish to resist severe infestations, especially if it was infected previously and developed some resistance. While the organisms attached easily to the gills of most fish where they cannot be seen, the body may be sufficiently protected by a tougher mucus coating. Such a fish could serve as an asymptomatic carrier, potentially hosting many life cycles without showing any visible signs. Now, when introduced to a new tank, it brings the parasite along with it. Scaleless fish, of course, such as loaches and catfish, often show the symptoms first. But most likely, every fish in the tank will eventually be infected, if not visibly on the body, on the gills at the very least. What are your thoughts on this? And that's very true. It's very true that uh, your fish... If one fish in your tank is going to have ick, you have good chances that all the fish in the tank are going to get ick. So I would highly recommend treating the entire tank of fish with ick medicine because then you have 
a higher chance of killing the disease before it spreads. I don't really support people moving a fish that's covered in ick to a hospital tank because your other fish are going to get ick as well. So I would treat the entire tank. So that is 100% true, William. Absolutely. What I would do uh, also is I would, act, if I had like a, say, a 125-gallon tank, and I have ick in my tank, and most of my fish have ick, it's a pretty good chance that the majority of them are going to get ick. And the ick is in the tank. So what I would do is I would remove all my fish into a smaller tank, which would allow me to save money on treatment. And then it takes about a week for the life cycle of the ick to be totally eradicated out of your 125-gallon tank. Because remember, if they can't find the host during the stage after the cyst break and they're looking for a host, they die if they don't get any host to eat on and survive. They die. And after the life cycles are over, they're gone, and the tank is safe again while you're treating your fish in the smaller tank. That way you don't have to actually take your big tank down, sterilize it, go through all that a lot of people do, and, uh, you know, and go through all that work. Now, it, it stands the reason that a stressed fish with a weakened immune function is an easy host, but only if the parasite is present in the tank to begin with. That brings us back to how to prevent it. Now that we know it is not lurking in every aquarium waiting to strike, here are a few guidelines I'm going to go over. Never buy fish from a tank where any fish show signs of disease. That's a great one right there. Okay, even if the fish that you love so much looking at, you say, wow, I really want that fish. If there's any signs of disease in that tank, don't buy that fish, regardless. Now, quarantine new fish, and this is a good time period here, for 14 to 21 days and observe for any signs of illness. Do not take a low dosage preventative measures against quarantine fish, such as half the recommended medication doses, as this would only spare the organisms that are most resistant to medication. If you're going to treat, do a full treatment, just as you would if they were certainly infected with it or infected with whatever disease. Now, if you do not quarantine, not everyone has an extra tank set up. I know this. Uh, and after floating the bag and adding small amounts uh, of your tank water to acclimate the new fish, gently empty the bag into a net, working over a bucket, of course, and then place the netted fish in the aquarium. Never add the water from the travel bag to your aquarium, as it could contain ichthermonts or other dangerous organisms. Still, your fish could have trophonts on the gills or on the body, which have not swelled enough to be visible. Now, you're gambling with the health of all your fish 
if you don't quarantine. What is your thoughts on this so far, Alex? That's 100% true, and I've got some experience in gambling without quarantining fish. I've lost so many fish because I haven't quarantined them. So with my experience, I definitely recommend quarantining fish because it really, really is worth saving your other fish you currently have. So I, as a host, would definitely recommend to all my listeners listening to the show, quarantine your fish. I don't care if it looks healthy. Quarantine it just to make sure you kill all the parasites and possible ick that is living on the fish. Well, Alex, I got some good, uh, some more good information. You want to hear it? Sure. If you keep multiple tanks, use separate nets for each tank and or let your net dry completely out between uses because it cannot survive being dried out. It will die. And make sure you buy plants only from tanks without fish or quarantine the plants for five to seven days without fish or bathe plants in potassium permanganate before putting them in the main tank. Unfortunately, this can be hard on plants. However, if your tank does become infected, be accurate and thorough with treatment to ensure total eradication. It only takes a single surviving trophant to reproduce and start the whole ugly process again. Was my information accurate, Alex? Yes, sir, it was 100% accurate, and it was correct. So hopefully all of our listeners now understand how to prevent getting ick. Well, so far we've got plenty of awesome information on ick so far on the Aquatic Wetline. And you're tuned in live to the Aquatic Wetline, and Discus Man William T. and Oscar Alex, which is myself, are discussing ick. We are now going to hear a word from our sponsors, School of Fish, Inc., Ikari Seals USA, the wonderful Facebook fish group called Fish Geeks, the International Aquatic Association, Aquatic Euphoria, another wonderful podcast here on Blog Talk Radio that deals with fish, hosted by Discus Man William T. and Dakota Aquatics Plus. When we come back, we're going to be discussing treating ick and curing ick and much more. Don't forget, if you got any questions, the number to call in is 1-347-989-8142. William and myself would love to answer your questions, so go ahead and call in, 1-347-989-8142. Any question will answer, so don't be shy. Let your voice be heard, 1-347-989-8142. All right, stick around. We're going to be back with more on our wonderful discussion of Vic after a word from our sponsors. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Procosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Ikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles. And BioPure, 
the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Fish Geeks is an online Facebook fish group that is dedicated to the aquarium hobby. We have thousands of members who all love this aquarium hobby. All of our members are a fish geek one way or another. If you are serious about this hobby and love fish, then come join our group on Facebook You Fish Geek. Type in the search bar on Facebook Fish Geeks and click join. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planted tanks? Do you need advice on community tanks? Do you need advice on cichlids? Do you need advice on discuss? Do you need advice on salt water tanks? Well, get over to the IAA channel now! We can help you with planted tanks, salt water tanks, community tanks, filtration, DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids, and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today. Thank you, IAA. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Aquatics Euphoria, a podcast about fish, all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatics Euphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. 
William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, and yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids. Tunes and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first though. Hey, listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, this here is Alex Cardinelli, and I'm inviting you to be a part of my talk show, The Alex Cardinelli Show. On The Alex Cardinelli Show, we talked about everything from current news, to sports, to current events, to dogs, to politics, to everything you can imagine. So come join us at The Alex Cardinelli Show. We are live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We are live Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we are live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The Oscar Noah Show airs three days a week, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday, with Friday being our current news episode. And Tuesday and Sunday will be our fun shows where we'll discuss anything and everything and have a fun guest on the show. So come check out the Alice Cardinelli Show on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. Come on, come on, you know you want to be a part of this great talk show, so I'll see you at the Alice Cardinelli Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. The Alex Cardinelli Show is going to air on Saturdays? No way! Is this true? The Alex Cardinelli Show, airing Saturday night? Since when? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinelli Show is airing on Saturday night. What? The Alex Cardinelli Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturday night. What? The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? 
extra, extra, hear all about it. The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturday night. What? The Alex Cardinal Show is airing on Saturdays now. What? Yes, that's right. The Alex Cardinal Show is now going to be airing on Saturdays with its all-new series called Saturday Night Live. Kickstarting on Saturday, February 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern. Your host, Alice Cardinelli, and his co-host, William T., will dive into your houses and present to you a wonderful action-packed show. On February 21st, we're going to have a guest appearance by none other than Flashmaster1989, Jeff T. Jeff T., Alex, and William are going to have a friendly discussion. On our Saturday Night Live series, you can expect comedy, today in history, trivia time, and much more. So make sure you're a part of our Saturday Night Live by joining us each and every Saturday, starting Saturday, February 21st, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you on Saturday Night Live on the Alex Cornelli Show, starting this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, guys, I'm going to play a quick song really quick here on the Aquatic Wetline. And this song is sung by a band I know really well. And the name of the band is New Stems from Canada. And New Stems wanted me to introduce introduce them to you guys so you can hear some of their wonderful music. Now, I really recommend you guys going and checking out New Stems on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. They've got some wonderful music, and I had the honor of interviewing New Stems on the Alice Cardinelli Show, but they wanted me to introduce themselves by playing a song here on the Aquatic Wetline. So we're going to hear their song. And then we're going to be back to finish our discussion on X. So let's hear their wonderful song, shall we?
Thanks, everybody. Yeah. We're the Sims. We're here for the Bev Dimensions' first year anniversary, which is a very, very special day. Because it's one of our favorite places of all time in the world. Dimension. And we're going to play a new song. We're going to play, yeah. Hey, live listeners of the Aquatic Wetline. Did you know you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat? Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. So go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142. Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember... You can call in anytime at 1-347-989-8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. We are back here live on the Aquatic Wet Line, and tonight, Oscar Alex and myself, Discus Man William T., have been discussing Ick. We are now going to continue our discussion on Ick, but first, remember, if you have any questions, please go ahead and call. And that number I'm going to reiterate right now is 1-347-989-8142. Oscar Alex loves call-ins, so please call in. So let's get back into the show. Alex, can you tell us how to treat ick, please, sir? Sure, I'll tell you guys how to treat treat ick. Now, I know you guys are going to ask me how to treat ick, so here's how to treat ick. There are many over-the-counter medications for ick. They all boil down to a few common ingredients, each of which have a downside. In addition, ick outbreaks are accompaniment cycling problems, and it is difficult to keep up with frequent small water changes to minimize ammonia and nitrite levels while dosing with a medication that advises not to do any water changes during treatment. With that said, I'll start by recommending my first two choices for treatment, which are more natural or at least less chemical, and it should be easier on your fish, your biological filter, and your wallet. The first of which is the raised 
temperature. There are two schools of thought regarding raising the temperature of the water to treat ick. The first approach is used simply to speed up the life cycle of the parasite since whatever medication you choose will only be effective on the free-simming tumults and cerements. It is understood that at any temperatures above 75 degrees Fahrenheit, for example, an entire life cycle can be complete in less than four days. In contrast, it can take more than five weeks at temperatures below 45 degrees Fahrenheit, such as you might find in an outdoor pond. Slowly raising the temperature a few degrees above normal to approximately 80 degrees, 82 degrees Fahrenheit will do the trick, and you can treat accordingly with salt or a medication. Always maintain good surface agitation, especially with a higher temperature. This can be done by using an ear bubbler or an ear wand, whatever whatever you want to call it. But it's one of those things you buy at Walmart that has blue that is blue, and you plug in an air an air uh, tube into it and plug into your air pump. The second approach is to actually destroy the organism with heat and can be combined with the salt treatment, which we're going to discuss in a few minutes, but not with meds. The data I studied, including a report by the Southern Regional Aquaculture Center, which is currently archived, suggests that most strains of Vic cannot reproduce at temperatures above 85 degrees Fahrenheit. To use this treatment approach slowly, no more than one or two degrees per hour, raise the temperature to 86 degrees Fahrenheit while maintaining strong, continuous surface agitation to oxygenate the water. This is extremely important because water holds less oxygen at higher temperatures. This is why medicines should not be used in conjunction with high temperature. Most ick treatment products also reduce oxygen levels. Less available oxygen combined with the respiration difficulties in an affected fish is already faced could be fatal. You can angle power heads up towards the surface or lower your water level to get a little extra splash from your filter return. Now, if you don't have an air pump or a power head, I would recommend lowering your water level to allow your filters to do a little extra splash. Since I didn't have an air pump or a power head, that's what I did. I left my water about two inches below full so that the, my filters could um, add some splash and some oxygen. You can do an air from two inches down to about six inches down as long as there's enough water for your filters to turn on. Now, as with any treatment, observe your fish closely for signs of stress, which would be labored breathing or otherwise erratic behavior, and reduce the temperature slowly if necessary. A note to the wary, Malawi halves and clamoches have endeared a temperature of 88 degrees Fahrenheit for 10 days with apparent ease, with no detection of the slightest hint of distress and the ick was completely wiped out. One article that I read suggests the temperatures be raised to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. The adjusted temperature should be maintained for approximately 10 days or a minimum of three days after all signs of the parasite have disappeared. 
Do not discontinue treatment when the spots go away. Do not discontinue because it could, it could come back. This is critical, critical because we know that they are visible only as a trophant on the body of the host and not during the reproductive or free-swimming stage. We also know that the, the trophants on the gills are impossible to see. One last note on raised temperature treatment is it should follow the directions here thoroughly and have a subsequent outbreak, outbreak without having added new fish or plants. You may need to try a different approach. It is possible to encounter a resistant strain of Vic as there have been rare instances recorded where the organism survived at any two degrees Fahrenheit. Now, this is a rather old method of dealing with Vic, and as my good friend on Facebook, Conway Stevens, points out, this is a rather old, old way to treat Ick, and there is much more better ways to treat Ick, but since we're talking about Ick tonight, it is worth mentioning that you can at least try to cure Ick using the heat method and the salt method. So, William, could you give us your thoughts on using the heated method? And after that, can you please tell us about the kind of salt to use? Well, uh, salt is frequently recommended for treating a myriad of fish diseases, especially those involving external protozoa and fungi. Now, what kind of salt? Uh, we are not talking about marine salt or cichlid salt, both of which typically contain a blend of mineral salts and trace elements specially formulated for aquarium use to simulate ocean or rift lake water chemistry. You want sodium chloride, NaCl. Aquarium salt is the most widely used form because it does not contain the iodine or anti-taking agents that table salt does. Now, I will say, however, that several credible sources assert that the minute amount of additives in table salt are harmless. Uh, Robert T. Ricketts, writing for Aquasource Online Magazine, puts it best with, quote, any water-living vertebrate would be pickled and brined well before toxic concentrations of iodine could be reached. Still others offer strong warnings about the dangers of iodine and prescient of soda, which is the anti-taken agent, and suggest canning salt as a cheaper alternative to aquarium salt. Actually, that's what I use, canning salt. Now, make your own choice, but since I've heard only warnings and no actual accounts of fish death by table salt, I assume it's most likely the better safe than sorry principle at work here. Sea salt is another option and is generally available in nutrition stores because it is considered a more natural form of salt. It does not contain iodine, but may have anti-taking agents. I have used it in my aquariums without incident. Now, when you say, can my fish handle salt? It is my understanding that species preferring soft water will not tolerate salt as well. If you keep soft water fish, please do your homework before proceeding with salt. 
Do you agree that people need to do research on their particular species of fish, Alex? Yes, 100%, because if you add salt to a species that cannot handle salt, it could have devastating impacts. So, yes, I certainly agree with you on that, William. Well, in my research, I visited websites and read articles on treating it in generic freshwater fish, food fish, guppies, loaches, and African Rift Lake cichlids, to name a few. I encountered dosage recommendations ranging from about 1.75 tablespoons to 6 tablespoons of salt per 5 gallons of water. One Rift Lake cichlid importer breeder uses one handful of salt per 5 gallons of water. I concluded that my fish can probably tolerate more salt than I think, at least on a short-term basis. Now, based on everything that I've read to date, I would feel comfortable adding two to three tablespoons of salt per five gallons if I were also using the high-temperature treatment mentioned earlier. If I were using salt alone, I would work my way up to four to five tablespoons per five gallons. We don't want to skimp on our treatment if we hope to permanently eliminate this pest. Salt should be added slowly over a course of 24 to 48 hours or so, and you'll always dissolve in a small container of tank water first. Keep a close eye on your fish and perform an immediate water change if they show any additional signs of stress beyond what the ick is already causing, that is. Now, how much salt did you use in your treatment of your tank, Alex? I actually used about half of my aquarium salt bottle that I I had when I treated with thick, and it did fairly well, but it wasn't as effective as my medicine, but it does try to limit the amount of Vic that it has, but that's just my personal experience, but I used half a bottle of aquarium salt. Okay. Well, uh, we're going to go on uh, how long the salt bath should actually be maintained. It should be maintained for approximately 10 days or for at least three days after any visible signs of Vic can be detected. Now, Alex, this is on a 10-day period of time. Now, I know that you panicked a little bit and didn't want your nice little pretty Oscars to die, so you wanted to treat them, and you're no different than most fish obvious, and uh, you did the right thing. Uh, You saved them a lot more stress than they would have endured if they had to wait a total 10 days, and plus... Uh, uh, three days more after all visible signs of Vic were gone. So, you know, when you're treating with salt and heat, uh, you don't discontinue treatment when the spots go away. If you use a higher dosage of salt, watch the duration more closely. One article on guppies, that is, specifically stated not to leave the fish in salt longer than 10 days. But their dosage recommendations was on the high end at five tablespoons for five gallons. How long did you treat your fish for, Alex? 
Well, in total, I treated my fish for two weeks. I did uh, five days, a full week of salt, and the other five days were for uh, ick medicine. But I continued treating even after the ick was gone. I used both uh, salt and a medicine. So a total of two weeks, give or take a few days. So apparently what you did is you did a large water change after you chose to use the medication so that there wouldn't be a mixture of medication and salt, correct? Yes, 100% correct. Okay. All right. The salt bath can be used on its own or in conjunction with the temperature adjustment as described. Now, water change can be performed during the salt treatment, but it is not necessary unless nitrates are creeping up to an undesirable level. Be sure to salt the replacement water accordingly to maintain the proper salinity level that the treatment requires. Gravel vacuuming is also helpful to remove any, as many tomants as possible before they can release offspring. Again, this is not absolutely necessary since the salt should destroy the free-swimming thermont upon their release from this broken cyst. Now, at the end of the treatment, do several large, like 40 to 50% water changes with dechlorinated water, unsalted water, of course, to reduce the salinity back to normal. One last note on salt treatments. If you follow the directions here thoroughly and have a subsequent outbreak without having added new fish or plants, you may need to try a different approach because it is possible, like we said earlier, to encounter resistant strain of ick as there have been rare instances recorded where the organism survived in water salted at more than five tablespoons per five gallons. Alex, what is your take on using salt in the aquarium hobby? Also, after you explain that, please tell us about using medicine for ick. Okay, sounds great, William. Well, first of all, I actually have mixed feelings about using salt in the aquarium hobby. I actually do use it when my fish have nip fins or injuries because I feel that it, it can help speed up the process of healing the fish, and I actually use it with the heated method when my fish have ick. But I use two different methods to cure ick, as I mentioned earlier. I do the first method, which when I first see ick, I turn the temperature up and I add salt. So I use the old method first. Then after a week or so, I do a big water change to get all that salt out of there. And then I add my medicine of choice. And I usually go for quick cure, but unfortunately quick cure is no longer made. So I use Cordon Riddick Plus now, which I'll talk about a little later on in the show. So my thoughts on salt is it's actually safe to use in the aquarium hobby at low levels. I know a lot of you feel that salt does not belong in the freshwater fish keeping hobby, but it actually does help um, speed the cycle up and uh, with high temperatures. But William already did a good job explaining that with you. So now I want to talk about traditional medications for dealing ick. 
Now, as we have stated previously, there are many products available for treating ick. Whatever you choose, be sure to read the label truly for doses, dosage information, special instructions, and warnings related to your own health and that of your plants, invertebrates, and scaleless or sensitive species of fish. Some medicines may harm your freshwater stingrays, your knife fish, which would include black ghost knife, clown knives or elephant noses or some of those fish in that family. They may harm your clown loaches, your invertebrates such as crayfish and freshwater shrimp. And most tetras, believe it or not, can be harmed by some mic medicines. Next, perform a water change and vacuum the gravel before medicating. Most meds are less effective with excess dissolved organs, nitrates present, and you're often instructed not to change any water during treatment. Make sure you remove the carbon from your filter. Please, your medicine will not work if you don't remove the carbon from your filter. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, maintain good surface agitation and water movement. This is always important, but it's absolutely critical when raising your water temperature and administrating meds to your tank, both of which reduce the oxygen content to the water and can kill your fish if care is not taken. For that reason, it is not advisable to raise the temperature more than 2 degrees above normal when using any of the following ick treatment products. Continue treatment for the duration I advised. Because of the life cycle of the parasite, it is critical that you continue treatment for a minimum three days after any visible signs of ick can be detected. Do not discontinue treatment when the spots go away. Again, I must emphasize, do not discontinue treatment when the spots go away. If the instructions advise you to to retreat, do so. Disregard any false claims or any exaggerated claims. I know some products claim to cure ick within 24 hours, but based on what we know about the life cycle of this parasite, that is simply not possible. Copper-based medications are commonly recommended for treating ick. Some brand, uh, brand names include Copper Safe by Mardell, General Cure by Aquarium Pharmaceuticals, and Aquarisol. Look for the active ingredient Copper Sulfite or Soluble Copper Salts. Copper does not stain and it is highly recommended by some aquarists. It does have drawbacks, however. It causes oxygen concentration to drop. It is toxic to snails and invertebrates, and it may not be tolerated well by scaleless fish and plants. And like any chemicals, it can be certainly be toxic to your fish, especially if dosed incorrectly. Apparently, the toxicity increases as total alkalinity KH decreases. This would suggest that copper-based meds may be better suited for use with African raised African rift lake cichlids than with soft water fish from low pH KH conditions. 
But be aware, if you should have a drop in your pH, well, using copper, your fish can perish. Potassium permagant has been suggested as an alternative to copper for treating it, and I know I probably mispronounced that word, but especially in uh, soft water fish. Go ahead. Uh, maybe, oh, I, I, think, uh, I think what you're trying to say, Alex, is potassium permanganate. Yes, that's it. You got it better than I did. Kudos for you. All right, thank you. I was just wondering. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we have to have some fun on this show. All yeah. right. Well, it is, <laughs> it is primarily used in ponds, and is not, in my opinion, the best choice for aquarium use. It most certainly is not for the beginner. It can be purchased under its chemical name or found as the active ingredient in products such as Flukes Control by Aquatronics. As with so many chemicals, there's a fine line between calling it a wonder drug and a lethal substance. It is not really a medication but an oxidizing agent that reacts with organic material resulting in the destruction of external bacteria, fungus, and parasites. For that reason, it is considerably less effective with excessive nitrates present because of the oxidizing power is used up on the dissolved organs in the water and is consequently not effective against the target pathogen. It is often used by retailers as a dip for incoming plants to eliminate snails and their eggs. However, and I repeat, however, it is topic in high doses, especially in high pH water. There are better choices for treating African rift lake cichlids. It is not safe for eggs and fry, and ex- excessive treatments can cause gill damage in adults. It will damage your biological filter, kill algae, and reduce oxygen concentration in the water, strong aeration, and water movement is critical. It can be tough on live plants and catfish and should not be combined with any other chemicals, especially formalin. It can burn your skin and eyes and will stain your hands and clothing brown. Gloves are recommended. It cannot be removed with carbon like other meds. It is neutralized with hydrogen peroxide, but I don't know exactly how that is accomplished safely in the aquarium. Again, this is for the advanced fish keeper. So I certainly would not recommend a beginner using this. Now, formalin is a form of formahide and is often used by fish farmers and home aquarists to treat ick. It can be purchased under its chemical name or found as the active ingredient in products such as ick guard by jungle and formalite by aquatronics which also contains copper. Now it appears that they actually have two brands of ick guard and three brands of formalite. Now, while it's non-staining and said to be safe for live plants and at lower dosage, it can be safe for scaleless fish, eggs, and fry, it is nevertheless a strong chemical. 
a preservative for biological specimens, a.k.a. embalming fluid. It may damage your biological filter, deplete oxygen levels in the aquarium, and destroy invertebrates and weak fish. Its toxicity increases its water temperature and acidity, making it a questionable choice for softwater fish. Now, here is my favorite um, ick medicine, and that is malachite cream is an anonymous substance that's highly effective against ick and fungi. It can be purchased separately under its chemical name or found as the active ingredient in products such as Miracide by Mardell, Ick Here by Aquatrol, Super Ick Plus by Aquatronics, and Fungus Plus by Aquatronics, and of course, Cornon, Riddick Plus, and maybe Quick Cure if you're not in the United States. It is carcinogenic and dangerous to handle or breathe, especially for pregnant women. There are rumors circulating that it could be banned for aquarium use by the FDA in the future. It cannot be used on food fish, and it is very toxic to eggs, fry, some varieties of tetras, catfish, elephant noses, loaches, and small marine fish. It also may damage your biological filter and, like my good friend, Flashmaster1989, Jeff discovered, it will likely stain aquarium decorations and silicone sealant. But I've never had that problem. Now, Melachite Green is light sensitive, and you'll be advised to keep your aquarium lights off during treatment to prevent the chemical from oxidizing. Now, Melachite Green has cured my Oscars, and it really is effective, so I do recommend it if you um, keep it safe at safe levels and don't overdose. You can't overdose for any um, ick medicines because it could kill your fish. Now, back on topic here, formalin and malachite green are often used in conjunction with one another. The two chemicals are said to have a synergistic effect when combined, having a greater impact together than either one by itself. Products include Riddick Plus by Cornyn, one of my favorites, Quick Cure by American Product, Aquarium Products, Curic by Aquarium Products, Icard by Jungle, and Formalite One by Aquatronics. The combination of chemicals is probably the most common choice for treating ick. Now, Aquiflavin is a chemical found in some ick medications, such as Ick Clear by Jungle and Aquiflavin Plus by Aquatronics. It is considered to be highly effective against protozoanian parasites as well as external bacteria infections, infections and fungus which sometimes occur as a secondary condition. It may damage your biological filter, harm live plants, cause skin irritation, and stain your hands and take decorations. Again, gloves are recommended. I do not know how well it is tolerated by invertebrates, sensitive species, scaleless fish and fry, but I do know that it cannot be used on food fish, which is sometimes a clue as to the toxicity of the substance. As always, read warning labels thoroughly. Methylene blue is used primarily for superficial fungus 
or bacterial infections in nitrite or thiandine poisoning. It is also considered to be an alternate to malachite green for the treatment of fungus and external protozoa in sensitive fish, eggs, and fry. It is available under the chemical name or in products such as Mesa Blue Biocatronics. It too cannot be used on food fish and is a powerful dye that may stain tank decorations and silicone sealant. Damage to plants and biological filter may also occur. Now, there are other anti-parasitic medications available, but I believe I covered those most commonly used. Clot by Aquarium Products is one worth one more worth mentioning since it appears on nearly every local fish store and pet store shelf that carries fish, and it is often recommended as a cure-all. It is an extremely strong blend of medications, which I am unfamiliar with, including, oh God, some more uh, hard scientific names, but I'll try my best to get them right, dinethylamino, phenobenzaldine, and cyclohexadine. Hopefully I got those right, but I believe it is best. Thank you. I believe it is best suited for internal parasites. It is definitely not to be used with scaleless fish. Read the label carefully. Now that is some of the medicines you can use for fish. Now you got to be careful when using any of these medicines because they will stain your hands. I've had my hands stained green from using Riddick Plus, and it looks awful. I had to do shows with green hands before because I was actually uh, medicating my fish tank before doing my show because that's when I go in my room. So it does, it's not the best appealing. So when you go to eat dinner and you just took care of your tank, they're going to say, why is your hands green? So be careful when adding these medicines to your tank. Well, William, could you tell us about alternate medications, please? Okay, I can talk a little bit about alternative medications. Now, really, there are a few products that have been developed which take a completely different approach to treating it than those that Alex discussed. Uh, One is Stock Parasites by Ken Marin. Now, it utilizes a proprietary blend of food-based ingredients, including hot peppers, which may be safer for you and your fish than traditional meds. Now, according to its creator, the product took eight years to develop. It apparently stimulates the fish's slime coat production to excess, which causes the parasites to slough off or to be shed. Then it provides a false host for the parasites to feed upon, which is more desirable than the fish. Now, Kent Marine makes a similar product for saltwater parasites called RXP. Now, I cannot endorse either product, though, and uh, knowing I never have used them before, but if you are open to hemeopathic types of treatments and want to experiment with something other than salt or raised temperature, this product might be for you. So, yeah, that's what I I heard about these alternative medications. And, you know, I may give them a try one day. Awesome. Thank you very much, William, for talking about the alternative medications to it. Now, earlier in the show, I mentioned Quick Here, which has been 
Fish hobbyists' favorite medicine to use since the 1980s. But unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'll, I'll discuss this one more time. Quick here no longer exists. But my fish store employee says, Corden, Red Ick Plus is the next best thing. It really works. So if you are a fish keeper who loves Quick here, you might only be able to get it at Walmart because the company still sells to Walmart, but you might not find Quick here in your fish stores or Petco or PetSmart. But Corden Red Ick Plus is really Quick here, just in a different brand. Now, Corden Riddick Plus really does work. It cured my Oscars in one week, so I definitely, definitely recommend using Corden Riddick Plus. Now, one final word on ick. Most strains of ick will respond to the treatments described here on the aquatic wetline. However, researchers have recorded rare instances where trophins were able to insist and reproduce without leaving the body of the host fish, especially or essentially skipping the second life stage described above. Obviously, this is a menacing thought, but one to be considered should all attempts to eradicate the parasite fail. In such an event, it would be impossible to destroy all the organisms and the frustrated hobbyist would fight an endless battle with repeated outbreaks of disease. In uh, in or killing of the fish would be the only humane option. Oh, excuse me, infusia. I can't pronounce that right. Anyways, let me stress, however, that I read about this in a research paper and have not heard of this actually occurring to a fellow aquarist. Let's hope it never does. So that is all of our topics for Ick tonight, and hopefully you guys will never have to go through Ick, but if you do, you should be well prepared now that me and William taught you about Ick. Now, if you have any questions, please do go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. We're going to go ahead and take our final commercial break, which is going to include another song for your listening pleasures. But if you or your friend has a question, please go ahead and call in one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right, we're going to come back and wrap up this great show after this nice commercial break. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com so we can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show. 
Aquatic Wetline is now on iTunes. You can download any of our archived episodes on iTunes. You can listen to any of our past episodes on your ride to work or your long ride on vacation. Simply go to the podcast section of iTunes and search for Aquatic Wetline to find us. Enjoy. like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series. This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, Please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Would you like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United question and answer? Then send all of your tropical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. Would you like your fish questions answered live on our February Fish Keepers question and answer? Well, email your questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You might ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. Or you can also tweet your questions to at alexcardinelli1. That's Alex Cardinelli one on Twitter, and Cardinelli is spelled Cardinal with an E at the end. Or you can also message me your questions on Facebook. My Facebook account is Alex Cardinelli. I hope to answer your questions on the February Q&A live Thursday, February 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Get your questions in right now. AquaticWebLineNetwork.com. Alice Cornelli Wan or Alice Cornelli on Facebook. Hey, fish heads, get ready 
because on my 150th episode of the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to have prizes just for you. That's right, on the 150th episode of the Aquatic Wetline, Oscar Alex has prizes for you. You, the listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, can win prizes. So make sure you tune in and listen to every episode of the Aquatic Wetline leading up to our 150th episode. Because on our 150th episode, you, yes you, could win a prize. I'm going to have tons of prizes from me and also from my sponsor, Ikari Sales USA. So you can win some fish food filters and things for your aquarium fish. So stick around. Our 150th episode is right around the corner and I can't wait to award you some prizes. So make sure you listen to the Flood Equip Line right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash aqua Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait? Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? I whispered in the air, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said blah, blah, blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. I took a couple of flicks and she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said I was very amused. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range. But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you have a man, she tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only have a friend.
semester of the school year. I went to a gate to ask where was the dorm. This guy made me fill out a visitor's form. He told me where it was, and I was on my way. To see my baby doll, I was happy to say. I arrived in front of the dormitory. Yo, could you tell me where is door three? They showed me where it was for the moment. I didn't know I wasn't for such an event. So I came to a room and opened the door. Oh, snap! Guess what I saw? I felt a tongue kissing my girl in the mouth. I was so in shock, my heart went down south. So please listen to the message that I sent. Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. Has a friend. Has a friend. Okay, we're back here live on the Aquatic Wetline. Hope you guys enjoyed our final commercial break. And we've been doing a fantastic show tonight discussing Ick. And hopefully all you, the listeners, enjoyed this great show because um, I really, really wanted to do a show on Ick so that we, you guys can learn about Ick. I know we did a show in the past on Ick, but... I wanted to do another one since we're premium now with more information, and I feel we provided enough information for everyone. So now you guys know how to cure it and all about it. And if you got any further questions on it, you can email me at aquaticwetline at outlook.com, and I'd be happy to answer your questions. So, William, what did you think of today's show? I thought today's show was pretty informational. Um, I believe that if they read between the lines, they have a better understanding of the ick uh, protozoan uh, parasite and how actually if it's not properly treated, that it can keep coming back. So a proper treatment is very important, and you've got to go longer than uh, when you stop seeing the white spots. You've got to continue for a minimum of three days. Uh, it's it, it's a little harsh on the fish, but they're going to be a lot better off for it. And it will only take them about a week after they get treated that they'll be happy again and actually be thankful that you cured them of the ick parasite. That's very true, William. And our, our listeners got a treat tonight. They got to see me try to, try to read some difficult scientific words again today. <laughs> I know. You tried your best tonight, Alex. I'll be honest with you. You did a pretty darn good job. Some of those words are very hard to pronounce, and uh, a lot of them words are actually Latin to me. (laughs) I had to study for a lot of years. I'm 62. It took me a long time to how to break down syllables, and uh, you did quite well, I thought. And I hope you listeners understand that Alex means well, and he gives you very good information. Aquatic Wetline is a very good show, and I'm going to answer one of Alex's questions here. I'm very thankful to be a co-host with Alex, uh, and I appreciate him asking me to be co-host with him, and I'm having a great time working with Alex. I'm having a great time working with you. Thank you so much for being a wonderful co-host here on the Aquatic Wetline. Great. Awesome. So before we go, do you like, would you like to plug any of your awesome shows? Oh, can I do that? 
Yes, you may. Well, I want to talk uh, about some shows I've got coming up. i got one coming up tomorrow at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Aquatics Euphoria. Uh, Crayfish King, uh, James Jones from the group uh, Crayfish Keepers of North America and DMV Aquatics will be on my show discussing crayfish. What he'll be discussing is uh, certain species of crayfish and how to create a nice, comfortable, loving home for each species. And then on uh, Saturday, I have a show at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where my guest is going to be Scott Cowden. And what we're going to be discussing is we're going to be discussing uh, what, uh, how the hobby can actually be boring at times and how and what you can do to actually get your ambition back for the hobby. And then on Sunday, I have another show with Don Boyer where this is the third episode or the third in the series, 10, ten show series, and we're going to be talking about uh, some more on the mid-ground plants of an aquarium and the background plants of, an, of the aquarium. Now, I won't go beyond that, but I will say this. The next Tuesday on Epiphany USA, uh, my relatively new podcast, Alex is my co-host on that show, and we're going to be talking about a subject that you don't hear much about on podcasts, and that's why do abused men and women stay in a relationship when they should actually be gone from the relationship? You're going to find out some really good reasons why this happens. There's a lot more to it than what you think. And, uh, and then at 8 p.m. next Wednesday on Aquatic's, uh, Aquatic Wet Line, I'll be co-hosting with Alex once again, and uh, I'm going to answer another one of Alex's questions. Uh, what we're going to be discussing next Wednesday is filters and more, and I'm going to be talking about my personal choices for filters for the aquarium. Back to you, Alex. Awesome. Sounds like some wonderful shows, and I... I'm going to be listening to all of those shows, so it's going to be awesome. So I'm going to plug some of my shows that I've got coming up. Tomorrow, I'm very excited to be doing my third episode in my series, Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour. And tomorrow, I welcome my very first Oscar Cichlid Fishhead, my very first guest in the Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour. And this guest is... An Oscar cichlid breeder, that's right, he has bred Oscars before, and he's a keeper of over 18 Oscars, and he really does, he really does love Oscars. So tomorrow, I'm going to go one-on-one and interview Oscar cichlid keeper Antonio Martina, and I'm really looking forward to that episode because I, as an Oscar lover, get to learn about Oscars from someone who has a lot of experience in Oscars, even more experience than me and you with Oscar, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. 
and he promised he's going to let us know how to breed Oscars by the end of the show. So if you're interested in breeding Oscars, make sure you join us live tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Aquatic Wetline. Then my next episode of Aquatic Wetline is going to be on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and my other co-host, Jeff, or also known as Oscar Me and Jeff, or Sick With Me and Jeff, is going to be back, and Jeff and I are going to talk about freshwater gobies. Jeff has a new interest in freshwater gobies, and I promised him that I would do a show on freshwater gobies, so hopefully some of my listeners would be interested in that. So join us this Sunday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern as we learn about freshwater gobies. And then next Wednesday, as William T. pointed out, our last show for February on a Wednesday, we're going to talk about filters and some other equipment you're going to need for your fish tank filters, heaters, air pumps, and the like. We'll talk about the brands you recommend and things you need to know about each particular um, aquarium equipment. I feel that this is another show that we need, we need to do, so we'll do a show on an aquarium equipment next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I think uh, next Thursday is the 26th, and that might be my Q&A, but I might be a week early. But I've got a Q&A coming up, so if you want to submit your questions for this month's February Q&A, please go ahead and do so by emailing aquaticwetline at outlook.com. That's aquaticwetline at outlook.com. And my final announcement for the Aquatic Wetline is our 150th episode is quickly approaching, and I've got some wonderful news. I'm going to have some prizes. I'm going to be sponsoring some prizes for myself. But my sponsor, Hikari, is offering prizes for four lucky winners. Now, what I'm going to do, the first half hour of the show is going to be the Hikari giveaway. So I'm going to have some trivia time where I'm going to have a question for each caller. And whoever calls in first will be the one of four winners. So there will be four different questions with five minutes of call-in time. If no one calls in for the first question, I'll move on to the second question, and so on and so forth. And if we have, let's say, for example, three winners at the first Takari giveaway, I'm going to randomly pick a live listener um, and give them the prize. So even if I don't get four callers, there's still going to be people getting prizes. There's still going to be four prizes. Four winners, but I'll discuss that as the time comes because we're only at 133 episodes right now. So that's the news for the Aquatic Wetline, and I guess I'll share my news for the Alice Cardinelli Show with you. Now, um, tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, for all you wrestling fans, I'm going to be doing a show on Shawn Michaels. You can tune in to that show tomorrow at 5, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks. And the episodes that I've been waiting all week for is debuting this Saturday, February 21st, at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that's Saturday Night Live. Another show that William co-hosts that I'm very honored to have him on. And we're going to have our first guest, which is going to be Jeff, on Saturday. So I can't wait for Saturday Night Live. So what's your thoughts on Saturday Night Live, William? Oh, I think it's going to be a great show. We're going to have some comedy, we're going to have some history, we're going to have some questions and answers. Man, we're going to have a fun show. 
Yes, and I definitely invite all my listeners of the Aquatic Wetline to check out the Saturday Night Live show on um, Alex Cardinelli's show. I know I've been getting a lot of people telling me to be cautious because I know of the NBC show, but I think it's going to be a great series nonetheless. So check out our debut this Saturday on the Alex Cardinelli show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex talks. William, thank you so much for being a great job as a co-host, and thank you so much for being a co-host tonight. Thank you for having me, and I want to say I want to have a good evening tonight because I really feel good after doing this show. Me too. I'm going to have an awesome night. I'm actually going to listen to this show probably about 20 times. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to thank you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, Is that okay? Okay. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to this wonderful episode of the Aquatic Wetline. If you enjoyed today's show, please go ahead and share it on your Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus account. Share it on your social media account so your friends can tune into the show. It's very simple. All you've got to do is copy the show URL and post it on your Facebook account. Don't forget you can check us out on iTunes, the Stitcher Radio, by searching for the Aquatic Wetline. And you can listen to all our podcasts on your tablets or your smartphones. That's going to do it for us tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Oscar Alex. And I'm your co-host, Discus Man William T. And we're signing off for the night. Have a good night, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Aquatic Wetline. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers. Hang on.